And yeah, what if I tried something like this? You know, maybe a It's a little laid back. Maybe you want something a little heavier. Uh, well, probably not heavy, but you're now listening to. Hey everybody! Can you hear me okay? What, did that make it better or worse? Hi everyone! This is Deanne Smith. I'm in my car. I am somewhere rambling, 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 rambling along in upstate New York. I am on my way to my adopted hometown of Toronto, driving from my actual hometown of Endicott, New York. Guys, there's so much to talk about. Thought I'd do a bit of a solo podcast this week, and I am recording it on my phone in the little headphone thing that comes with the phone. You know what I'm saying? And the little, uh, you know, the uh, hands-free. The old hands-free. Hi, everybody. I just had a coffee, and that's where we're at. I was falling asleep at the old wheel, uh, downed a bit of the caffeine, and feeling perky enough, I thought, to chat with you guys for a little minute. How are ya? I'm just going to... Me, I'm just going to ramble, and I hope that you're into that. If you're not into that, we are less than a minute in right now. You can bail. Feel free to bail. Check out a different episode. Uh, come back again next week. Or, um, I don't know, delete me from your internet. And never. Let's never talk again. Sorry that I offended you. Hi, everyone. Where are we going? What are we going to say? There's so much going on right now for me, feels like, that I could tell you about. The check engine light is on that's happening in my car and it's been on been on for a while do you want do you want to hear the tale of that i want to tell you the tale i feel like telling the tale will build a talisman of protection around this car and then i will make it all the way to toronto which is what i'm really really hoping to do let me also say this i don't know if i talk funny i know that i sometimes use strange combinations of words um and sometimes I speak quickly, but here's what I've been thinking. All right, lately, a lot lately, people have had little idea what I'm saying. Not, not a whole sentence, but a few words here and there. I, I can't even really remember recently, but there's one word in particular that everybody would go, What? Huh? What are you? Huh? Like that. Not really like that. That was, a, that was kind of an impression of my dad, who's hard of hearing, and I just visited him, and we can talk more about that in a second. This is my dad. What? You know when old men get hard of hearing and they're also really cranky and they don't have, they don't generally interact in the world with like an open heart and a good vibe? So instead of a gentle kind of, oh, what? Pardon me? There's a lot of cranky, what? And it makes it hard. It makes it difficult to want to speak to someone. You're like, good morning. What? Uh, Good morning. You know what I mean. Okay, guys. So people have been having a hard time understanding what I'm saying in my real life lately. I've been, I, f- I feel like I'm dealing with that on at least a daily basis. So what I figured was, ah, it's my upstate New York accent. It's just not translating well in this new area of Canada land. That's what I thought. And then I came home to upstate New York. I use the term home loosely. That's where my childhood home is. It is where I grew up. It is where many of the fundamental, my fundamental beliefs about the world were shaped. And that's an, that's an interesting thing to unpack. That I don't know if we'll have time to get into right now. But come home to home, which I, where was I going with that? That I haven't lived in, haven't lived in upstate New York in, guys, come on. Let's not embarrass ourselves with how old I am. But I mean, come on. We're coming on a couple of decades. Couple of decades. 
of uh, that not really being a home. Where is my home? My home is in my car right now. That's my favorite place. Just chilling, just moving like a turtle. I got a turtle tattooed on my arm when I was about, how old was I? I was just barely 21. And I remember thinking then, I, I'm getting this turtle as a symbol of the kind of life I want, you know? I just want to always feel at home, have all my life on my back. And which is pretty much how it turned out. And I didn't even really realize that I was doing that. The only thing is, uh, it's like the car is my turtle shell with jam-packed of so many things. You guys already know that I, I never travel light, right? Like I have a full iron in this car right now and a half ironing board. Not a full ironing board, but definitely a half ironing board. And three separate boxes of craft, craft supplies. Sounds like I was saying crap supplies. A lot of crap, but craft supplies. Three separate boxes of craft supplies. Why does someone need to travel with that? I don't know, guys. You need to spontaneously just whip up a holiday card for your friends and family. Sometimes you do. And then, then you need your glue. You need your glitter. You need your cardboard. You need your scissors. You know what you need. All of the things. Trim. You need your ribbons. You need your fabric scraps. <sighs> Where were we? Okay, so my car. So the check engine light. Am I talking too fast? Not fast enough. What do you guys like? You know what? It's not all about you. It is actually. I was just getting fake aggressive there. That's what I wonder sometimes about grumpy old men as well. They, I feel like, and I could be wrong, but I've met a few. My dad is not necessarily one of them. But they seem to be playing the character of a grumpy old man more than they actually are a grumpy old man. You know? It's just there's not so many societally acceptable ways for them to be. They're from a different generation and they think they just need to be cranky about everything and they can't ever cry or show real feelings. That's one thing I discovered about my dad and it is smoothing over our relationship. It is not lost on me, you guys, that about a, f a year ago at this time, pretty much this exact same time, I was doing a solo podcast in my childhood bedroom and uh, I referenced my dad a lot in there. He has since got a tablet, can't call it an iPad because it's not. He's learned how to Google, he's signed up on my mailing list and he likes to constantly tell me that I haven't sent anything to the mailing list and that if I don't my fans are going to get mad at me because people expect something. Anyway, so I have a mailing list that I've never used because I'm horrible at self-promotion, believe it or not. I try once in a while with this sort of thing, you know, and I say come to this show, come to that show. But the fact of the matter is, guys, I've been hustling for a long time now and I really suck at self-promotion and I appreciate every single one of you that have signed up on the mailing list. Have you? Go to my website, dnsmith.com click a button that's probably somewhere and then sign up on the mailing list and I'm, and don't worry because I will not spam you. I may never send you a message ever. That's a horrible thing to say. I will because I'm going to have an album coming out and I want all you guys to know about it but more about that later. Cranky men, grumpy old men. Oh this. So my dad, and this is what I've discovered and it helps a lot. He knows how to find some of my internet presence but I don't think he will ever be privy to this conversation just wanted to put that out there. He may be, but I, I, I find it, I would find it very surprising if he were to, first of all, locate the podcast, single out this particular episode, and then listen like seven minutes in and find this little gem. But even if he does, I'm not saying anything horrible. I'm just saying, hello, dad, that he seems to only get upset about things. Like he gets mad about things. You know what I mean? He could be hurt, but that will not be expressed as straightforward hurt that will be expressed as some kind of anger. You know, not just old men do this, we all do this. I, I have been accused recently 
of being defensive. I realized as I was saying accused that even the word accused is pretty defensive. But that's been a radical transformation in the way that I'm thinking about myself and how I relate to the world, in particular my intimate relationships, in particular my girlfriend. Sometimes she has legitimate, 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 that's why people don't understand what I'm saying, you guys, because I don't pronounce things correctly. Legitimate, 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 anyway, we can't do this all day. I could do this all day because I, I don't know how to, I, I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly. She, as anyone does when you're hanging out with someone for a long time, has completely valid, there we go, let's rest on that word, valid uh, concerns not even concerns that's too big of a word what's the word I'm looking for I don't know gentle suggestions and it's sometimes it's very hard for me to hear and I don't even realize that I just get kind of immediately defensive and it doesn't come from a bad place it comes from well who knows where it comes from I get it comes sometimes it comes from like oh no did I disappoint you I don't want to disappoint you and then I get hard on myself about that but then it comes out as kind of a sharp toned defensive walls are up spikes come out there we go. Which, you know, and all these things are learned as well. They're learned in the environment that you grow up in. This is what I, whew, so much is swirling around in my head after visiting my dad for five days. Oh, also my mom's dead. You guys knew that, right? Yeah. So that's different from last year. And that's also a lot to take in. Speaking of spikes, I met a hedgehog recently called Hawthorne. He was the best. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a hedgehog. And then after that, I'm pretty sure my internet presence is going to be mostly hedgehog related. Sorry, guys. I mean, you're welcome. I know we all had a good run with the comedy, but from now on, it's just little little hedgehog tummies and spikes. I was at a holiday party, my friend Keith and Lucy's holiday party, third annual in Montreal. And Keith was quite drunk and kept insisting to me that I go meet his neighbor's hedgehog. You missed the hedgehog. You missed the hedgehog. The hedgehog was just here. You got to go meet the hedgehog. And I wasn't particularly interested in meeting the hedgehog only because I would love to meet a hedgehog guys listen don't think I'm, I'm not hedgehog averse in any way I just genuinely respect animals so the hedgehog's not at the party and it, I imagine it's chilling and just being a hedgehog in its own little home I don't need to disturb it I don't need its life to be inconvenienced you know what I mean for me to just like pick it up and look at it hedgehogs they're fragile fragile little guys they got their own feelings I'm sure the party was extremely overwhelming to its tiny little hedgehog senses being handled mishandled manhandled woman handled uh, gender fucked handled probably all over the that party anyway Keith insisted insisted that I go meet this hedgehog and I'm so glad that I did because I think maybe my life changed I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to get a hedgehog you guys I already looked up a breeder in Toronto and I'm sorry to say breeder but I don't think you can really get rescue hedgehogs don't think that I didn't go to SPCA first because I did I mean online at least maybe I should just show up see if they got any hedgehogs hedgehogs are looking to unload anyway but I looked up some places around Toronto it looks like not that hard to get a hold of one and this place I found, this woman seems to love her hedgehogs. I don't know. Is it bad? You guys can write me. Tell me, is it bad to get a hedgehog? I know it's illegal in New York City. I just, listen, guys, I want a dog so bad. I've wanted a dog so bad for so long, and it just keeps not being the appropriate time to get a dog. Also, I just moved in with my girlfriend. You guys knew that, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I, I moved in and then I left. I, I moved in and then I left immediately to, to Montreal and then to upstate New York and to Con New York. 
and now I'm heading back now. So I don't really know what it's like to live with my girlfriend yet, but I do know that now is not the right time for a dog because we're, we're going to be moving in the spring and then, you know what I mean? We got all kinds of plans. I don't need to tell you my whole life. <laughs> I will eventually. I just, it's pretty well planned out for the next few months in terms of where we're going. It's starting to snow flurry, you guys. Oh my gosh, it hasn't snowed yet. I didn't know that I missed snow so much, but I really did. I, I am an upstate New York girl at heart and a uh, transplanted Canadian. And these are some big, juicy flakes. I'm loving it. It just, just happened. It just happened. Oh, and my engine light's on. So hopefully I'm not going to get stranded in the snow. Now I'm, now I'm starting to piece it all together. Is it a good thing that it's snowing? I don't know. We got daylight for probably another 45 minutes till about 4.30. Yes, we're far north. What are your lives like? Are you in Australia? Is it hot there? You don't, you, maybe you've never even seen snow. Maybe you've seen it if you've traveled to, to a mount. I've seen snow in Australia, but it's slushy. I don't know where I was. I think somewhere in Victoria. And it was quite slushy and different from anything else. These are gorgeous beautiful flakes coming on down you guys beautiful 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 I wish you could see them and I wish I could come up with more adjectives to describe them to you have I said fluffy have I said majestic have I said storybook charming F floating <laughs> floating floating can be an adjective let's uh, let's turn on the old wipers I've been driving with one hand and holding this microphone with the other by the way I hope there's not too much car noise Hang on, let's get these wipers going. And I hope that the audio of this podcast isn't completely annoying to you. Oh, I'm just passing the Silver Lake Family Restaurant. I have always wanted to stop here, and I never have. Kids eat for free on Tuesdays. Oh, my gosh, and then there's, I'm looking to the left, and now there's pink picnic benches over there at this ice cream place, which is all snowed in. Oh, my God, guys, I'm just loving the sights and smells. There's no smells yet. Just the coffee that's in my car. Sights and sounds of upstate New York. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful in many places. And there's these giant, formerly grand mansions and, and beautiful landscapes. Um, towns that seem to have some kind of civic pride, seem to not have too much of a drug problem, seem to maybe have focused on the tourism near there. Oh no, I just figured out why Mount Morris is so nice. I'll tell you that in a minute. But there are some towns that are really cute in like Owego, New York near my house. I think in part because they were not that long ago devastated by a flood. And then I guess they built back up in a really charming and adorable manner. And they focus on the whole shop local and look at us. We got so many antiques and we're freaking adorable. And we've put wreaths all over our tiny main street and we've slapped a new coat of paint on everything. And there you have it. Yet there are other places in upstate New York, you guys, that, whoo, I do not know everything I need to know about economics and let's call it the recession slash depression or whatever, whatever's been going on, but uh, just some real devastated towns. My town of Endicott, New York, is becoming one of them. Somehow the drugs have come in. Uh, I think they're coming from New York City. This is what we hear. We, we always like to blame our problems on the big city. Uh, they come to New York City, they come into Binghamton, which is kind of a transport hub, and then somehow the riffraff from Binghamton's being pushed into Endicott. Oh, I know exactly how, because rents are very cheap. Um, anyway, the whole place is falling apart, and it's not just nostalgia. It's not just the rosy eyes of childhood. Um, there were industries there when I was a kid, when I was going to school there. IBM was a big one, International Business Machines. Somebody, where was I? I was recently at a party and somebody said, ah, nobody knows what it means. Ah, I was doing a corporate gig. Ooh, for these gamers. 
at VMC. Sorry, I keep going. Ah, ooh, ah, it's because I keep thinking of so many things. I didn't think I had anything to tell you guys. There's actually potentially so much to tell you. And I, I realize I'm already in the middle of like three stories right now, so I don't have a chance to get to everything. But I was at VMC and I said, what is, what is your, uh, what does this stand for? I didn't do any research before the gig because it was also the same night as one of my album recordings in Montreal. So I had that gig at eight and an album recording at 10. And I was much more focused on the album recording even though these corporate guys booked me months ago and paid me a sweet little stack of cash for performing for their guys, guys and gals, the gaming industry, that I, I definitely should have done some research. I mean, the gig went fine, you guys. I was me. It was fine. Uh, probably, I mean, looking around the room, probably 15% of the people were not on board, but that's not a low, I mean, that's not a high percentage. That's a pretty low percentage, 15%. Sorry I ruined your Christmas party with too much talk about vaginas, but you booked me. You should know what you're getting. I'm not going to, I'm not, can't go up there and do any other version of what I do. I got to be me. So uh, if, if you liked it, cool. Have me back again. If you didn't like it, so long, suckers. That's my attitude. Anyway, thanks for the money, which was just saying that I could have done some research because why not, right? When you have a group of people that are that homogeneous in whatever way, they all work at the same company, they're all between a certain age, you know, they have things in common. It does behoove one to exploit those common things, those common interests. You could definitely make some jokes that you may not make anywhere else and that is specific to that night and that audience, and it's going to kill. Like, even if it's stupid, even if it's lame, uh, as long as you're speaking to them and about them, they're going to love it. I know this, uh, yet I didn't do it, didn't do it. So I just asked before, hey, what does your thing stand for? That was, my, that was my level of research, which is what I'm trying to tell you guys. What does VMC stand for? And then somebody answered me, ah, who knows? You know, it's like one of those things that nobody knows, like IBM. And I was like, oh, you mean like international business machines? Boom, nailed it. But only because IBM is an industry that was in my my hometown. So IBM was there. There was a shoe company called Endicott Johnson. My dad used to work for them. That's how the town got its name. There's Endicott, named after good old Endicott Johnson. Ooh, sorry, startled a little bit. Went up a hill, couldn't see what was next, and it's snowing. Uh, Endicott Johnson. There's a neighboring town called Johnson City near Endicott, and that is how life works, you guys. That's how life used to work. You could just be a guy. You could arrive somewhere. You could be like, oh, yeah, my name's Endicott. We're calling this place Endicott. Place next door, Johnson City, settled. That, that's how it used to be. You could just land somewhere and name the whole place after you. You can't do that anymore. The best you can do now is like maybe you can get a domain name. Maybe. That's the new Wild West of real estate. You could maybe name a domain after yourself, and that's about it. Right? A, 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 a Tumblr. A, you know, an Instagram username. Okay. I should, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put both hands on the wheel. I hope that the, the, this doesn't change the quality of sound for you too much. Uh, just put the microphone down there. Is that okay? Should I speak louder? Here we are, guys. Okay, got to pay attention to the road, but I'm still going to talk to you. So my hometown is in disrepair in a major way. I don't know how you bring a hometown back. I really don't. I wish I did. I know that Ani DeFranco, for example, is from Buffalo, New York. Do you guys know Ani DeFranco? If you don't, give her a quick Google. She ran into some trouble a couple years ago. Ugh, do we have to? How much am I going to tell you today? Anyway, she's a uh, singer-songwriter that was very popular in the 90s. I would say still popular. Extra popular among the uh, feminist, lesbian, and lady sets. She's still, you know, she's got a f fairly wide reach. I went to go see her last 
February in Toronto because my now girlfriend, then not even, I don't think we even had the conversation about girlfriends, got us tickets, which was adorable and it was a big surprise. I had name checked Nami, Nami DeFranco, I name checked Ani DeFranco in a video I did called Consensual as Fuck on YouTube. Check it out if you haven't already. I, I, I think you guys are the hardcore listeners. They're still sticking around this podcast. So you probably already know about it. If you don't, just like hit consensual as fuck into YouTube. It's pretty funny. It's my friend Mike Carota, Miss Sugarpuss, and me. Paula Flalo directed it. And Niles again, my buddy, helped me write the lyrics. And it is a, it's a pretty good time. It's before all the Bill Cosby stuff hit, hit the papers in a big way. I was already talking about consent, you guys. Right on top of it. All right. On top of it, consensually, of course. Where were we going with this? Let me just take a moment. Will I edit out this pause? I don't want to do any extra work this week, guys. I just want to pop it up online, but I have no idea what I was saying. So this could get very annoying for you that you have to listen to this. Oh, I'll try to remember to edit this part out. Why was I talking about consensual as fuck? You guys probably remember. You were right there with me. Ani DeFranco. That's where we were. I had to go back and listen and remember what the heck. It's because my brain crashed when I started talking about Ani DeFranco. There's the, the thing that I actually want to tell you, which is that um, she was a relatively successful slash is, I shouldn't speak about her in the past, singer-songwriter who founded a label called Righteous Babe Records. She puts out other people's work. I think she puts out spoken word. I haven't kept up with Ani DeFranco lately, but that's what she's doing. She's got merch like anybody does. And Part of what she's done to benefit her hometown of Buffalo, New York, is she bought a church there, last I knew. Maybe it's changed. Most of my Ani DeFranco info is decades old. Um, really, really betraying my age on this podcast. She... Not that there's anything wrong with my age. I just feel like a kid, and I think I'm always going to feel like a kid, and I look like a kid, and I just can't handle people being so shocked when I tell them my real true age, 39, my real true age, 39, when I tell people my actual age, 39, they get, they seem to get upset for whatever reason. And then it makes me upset because I don't know if, I don't know if it's like, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's meant to be a compliment. Like your energy is so young, your face is so young, but I, I tend to take compliments and twist them around until they're insults. So to me, it always comes across as like, why isn't your life more together? How are you that old and this is your life? And why is your check engine light on in your car? Guys, we're coming back to it. We're going to come back to all of it. I'm going to the hill right now. It's snowy. I cannot see very far. So Ani DeFranco took her little industry as much as she had it and placed it back in her hometown. She bought a church. She renovated it. Um, and that's and she manu started manufacturing her merch and stuff in Buffalo, creating jobs, uh, you know, adding to the, the pride of the town. And I think that was like a really cool thing for her to have done. I wish I could do the same in my hometown, but I don't know how to fix Indicott, New York, and I don't have any industry. What could we start, what could we start manufacturing, you guys? What do they need there? My hometown seems to be all now like box stores, not, not just in my hometown, but it surrounds. It seems to just be like box stores and storage spaces which I understand in the way, I guess, that people are going to the box stores. They're buying a whole bunch of cheap crap, which is ruining probably third world countries and the lives therein, and also ruining the economy of the town. So they go there, they pick up a lot of crap from Walmart, and then they can't fit in their homes, so then they rent a storage space. It's a certain kind of industry that's being created. I guess that's fine. What else is in my hometown? There used to be a beautiful theater, which they've knocked down to put a pharmacy, which is across the street 
from, it's on an intersection, and now there's three pharmacies on that corner, so that's beautiful. Oh, okay, sarcasm. I am going to tell you about Ian DeFranco, but I also need you to know, and I think it's going to turn out fine, that I am now on a quite snowy road, and there are wibbly-wobbly lines. <laughs> wibbly-wobbly? You know how you can see car tracks in the snow ahead of you? The car tracks ahead of me are pretty wibbly-wobbly, so i got to slow down here foot on the brake, hope for the best. I have hope for the best. That's mostly, that's really my approach to a lot of life's issues um, and even safety concerns that perhaps I should be more on top of in a more practical way. Okay, slow down, Deanne. Got, I got my winter tires on. That feels good. What doesn't feel good is this check engine light, the risks that I am taking, and now the blowing snow and this sign that just says bikers use caution that I just spotted. Here's the thing about upstate New York as well. Was that a government-issued sign? It was not. Was it in any way? Woo! All right. <laughs> this is definitely a hill uh, that I'm going down. And my own, my own tracks are getting a bit wibbly-wobbly. Should focus on this. Can I do this and talk? I'll try. Here's the thing about that sign, you guys. It was not government-issued. It was not uh, up to highway standards. It was a white piece of plywood that someone had painted red letters on like relatively um, in relatively good shape and it just said bikers use caution so that's that says to me that that is just a a love of bikers a biker him or herself somebody who decided that that curve needed a bit of extra warning and took it upon themselves are they, they're not relying on the government around here are they they're not they're going out there with their guns arming themselves while they uh, nail a sign into the side of the road I say this about the guns because I have passed so many signs that say repeal the New York State Safe Act, just signs that are in people's front lawns. Some of them do seem to be mass manufactured and some of them are homemade and the homemade ones are terrifying. I'm not sure what New York State Safe Act is, but I am guessing that it has something to do with guns because that's what it sounds like it would to me, the Safe Act, because what else and why are other people upset about it? My dad, I've got to get back to this Ani DeFranco thing, but let me just say this. We disagree on almost everything there is to disagree on politically. And I don't, you know, there's really no point in getting into it, getting into it with him. But it wasn't until day five of my visit that, that it almost flared to a head. It didn't, though, because I won't. I will not engage. But my dad was talking about, oh, yeah, these shootings in San Bernardino, you know, they say that if uh, anybody in there had, uh, had a gun, if even just one person in there had a gun, they could have they shot the shooters and prevented the whole thing. Oh, yeah, they say that, do they? My dad watches Fox News almost constantly. I'm not lying. I wish I was. Um, from the moment I wake up in the morning, which, to be fair, is not that morning. Let's say the earliest I roll out of bed is like 10.30. I'm not fucking with single digits, you guys. I'm double dig. I'll roll out at a double dig. And I'm not getting up early to hear Fox News blasting from the living room while I'm trying to drink a coffee and eat some eggs and or cereal and or banana with some peanut butter on it. These are my breakfast options at my dad's house. Um, which is, you know, that's not a small amount of breakfast options. And I do eat eggs, and I'm sorry, vegans. I used to be fully vegan, and now I eat eggs. It's a thing. It's a thing that I do. And I do feel, I feel bad about it. I feel bad about it, but I'm also cutting a lean figure full of energy. I'm not saying eggs are the only way to do that. I'm just saying, I don't know what I'm saying. Don't get mad at me. And don't get mad at me. Oh, I gotta tell you this about my dad, but don't get mad at me about referencing Ani DeFranco. I was just talking about how she has tried as a 
citizen of the United States to boost the economy of her hometown. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing that she has attempted to do. A couple years ago, um, she got a huge amount of flack from her supporters and probably people that didn't support her and would never support her. I don't know why never. She broke a lot of ground, though, you guys. And some of her some of her songs are pretty amazing. Like back in the day, she's the, she has a song called "Blood in the Boardroom," where she talks about getting her period at a business meeting, and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing song, and it's a pretty cool sentiment. Um, she was openly bisexual, you know, before Ellen. I like talking about pre-Ellen times because they were different times. And anyway, she's just a beautiful person, and in in, the, in that way, okay. And it helped me out a lot. So I was smiling and thinking beautiful person, but I was really just thinking of my first girlfriend. I almost just said her full name right now, which is unnecessary. But let's just say that Ani DeFranco was putting out some sweet girl-on-girl love songs when there was nothing else like that to be had that I knew about. Maybe if I had a record player, I could have delved into some Janice Ian and read between the lines. Or (laughs) Janice Ian? I don't even know. Laura Nero, for sure. Laura Nero, you probably, I don't have time to educate you guys about Laura Nero right now, but get onto it, Google it, listen to some tunes. Who am I thinking of? It's not Janice Ian, it's Joan Armitrading, Joan Armitrading, yes, anyway, that, those are well before my time, so it was Ani DeFranco was pumping out the sweet chick-on-chick love tunes, and uh, my first girlfriend and I would make a lot of sweet, sweet lesbian love to those songs, and it was nice. So Ani DeFranco has a place in my heart for that reason. I haven't kept up with her you know, I moved to Mexico in about the year 2000, and from there, I think I, I think I got into Reveling and Reckoning. Pretty great double album. Pretty great double album about love and pain, <laughs> aren't they all? Anyway, it's it's a that's actually a pretty. I wouldn't say start there, or would I? I don't know what I'm saying about Ani DeFranco anymore, but it's a very uh, emotionally charged double album that really tells a tale, a complex tale about bisexual love and yearning and relationships, and the sea. There's there's a song about the sea. This is what I'm trying to say about Ani DeFranco. I don't want you to think, guys, that I am unaware of the fact that a couple years ago, she was having some kind of a music fest, some kind of a creative convergence, some kind of a come here and feel your inner goddess and write some songs, workshop, what are they called? Whatever it was, she was having one of those for people. And this is, this is, it's not, it's not unforgivable, but it's kind of amazing that Ani DeFranco, of all people, would allow this to happen. It was booked on a former plantation, and I don't remember in what, I think in Louisiana, because I think she hangs out in New Orleans a lot. But anyway, the whole thing was booked on a former plantation, which is, I don't know, I was going to say insane. It's not insane. It's incredibly hurtful. It's an odd choice. Um, Obviously, the place isn't a working plantation now, but it was, and where's the money going, and who owns it, and what is all this, right? Um, Not to mention just, I don't know, the amount of trauma. These are things that I don't feel qualified to talk about as a white person, but as a human being, we can all imagine. It's just, I, 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 I don't have the words for it. I don't have the words for the horror that that, that that place had seen, and then not to mention the questions, the economic questions of what happens when you're booking this plantation? Where's the money going? And, you know, do you have to trace it that far back before it's in the hands of an actual slave owner? Now listen, I also recognize that that's a huge issue in the entire way that the U.S. economy is structured. 
um, I think I said earlier in this podcast, I, I don't know enough about economics, and I don't. I'd like, you know, I'd like to read some books. I get some few pages into some books, and then I get bored, and that's my own problem. But let's also not gloss over the fact that the entire economy of the U.S. is built on the backs of slaves. There, I said it. Uh, so we know this. So it's, it's. You're going to have issues wherever you're putting your money at some point, depending on how far back you want to trace it, right? But the fact that she had booked this supposedly feel-good kind of feminist workshop situation on a former plantation really irked a bunch of people. So they wrote her about it, and, and people were upset. And her first response was incredibly defensive. We, we talked about being defensive earlier, and... She didn't, she didn't back down immediately. She kind of went, well, you know, I didn't book it, an intern did, and blah, blah, blah. Kind of, there's, no, there's so many other things I want to talk to you about than this, but I, just, I somehow feel that the name Ani DeFranco is tainted since then, and I don't want to be a clueless white feminist. I don't want to be. I'm sure I am in many ways, you guys. Confronting my own racism is a, is a constant challenge and something that I try to be vigilant about. I don't think I hit the mark constantly. Ooh. Hang on, a, a big truck just splashed me and now I don't know where the road is. Okay, there we go, we're doing it. Um, talking about, uh, we should, I should probably get someone on to talk about racism, but then that's, the, that's another issue, right? Who do you get on? Like, if you're two white people talking about racism, well, what are you actually learning from each other? What do you Maybe I should, though. That, that would be more interesting. Because what do you do? You don't invite a person of color on to talk about racism, unless that's their whole deal, unless that type of education and consciousness raising is a thing that they are into. But if it's not, that's incredibly rude to racist itself, right? Hey! Hey! Person of color? Want to come on my podcast and talk to me about racism? Anyway. Um, I come from a... I come from a very white hometown. And my family, I think less and less so, but um, is slash was definitely racist. And that's the environment that I was steeped in. So I picked up a lot of unnecessary bullshit as a kid and a teen. I didn't really pick it up. I tried to guard myself against it as much as I could. I remember being about five and, and thinking that the things that my dad was saying about other races, races didn't quite add up because I had, had a couple little buddies at school. Um, and I was a smart kid, yeah, so I could, I could see through some bullshit. And I do remember thinking then, like, oh, I'm not sure about this. But I also don't discount the fact that I've probably absorbed a lot of bullshit uh, from my family, from my hometown, and just from society in general. We live in a really racist world in North America, um, and definitely in the U.S., and it's all kind of coming to a head I mean, it's come to a head many times before in the history of the country, but uh, now we're having some real conversations. Trump supporters, anyway. Oh, I don't have time to go into all of it. Just saying that I probably am a clueless white feminist more often than I, than I would want to be. But I, I do actively try to fight against that stuff, and now I feel like I can't even say the name Ani DeFranco without feeling gross about it because she had that... She had that issue with the plantation, and her initial response was not great. She did then uh, listen a little more carefully to what people were saying. She took a couple days off. I think she, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't active on the Internet, wasn't going out of her way to write anything. 
digested some information and then came back with another statement that seemed a lot more well thought out and seemed um, seemed like she had actually done some internal work and was more of a genuine apology for that misstep. And, you know, and that's another thing, too. Why am I, now I'm here like, whoa, now her name is tainted, but we all make mistakes, right? As we're, as we're uh, aiming toward becoming better people, there's got to be a little bit of room. There's got to be a little bit of room for a mistake, uh, learning, and a genuine apology, and a trying to do better in the future, we would hope. Anyway, pals, we're all humans on this journey together. I just wanted you to know that when I said Ani DeFranco, I am well aware of uh, all that went down there. But what I was really talking about was devastated upstate New York towns. And the other thing that I was talking about, if I could get back to this, and I hope I can. I'm sorry I'm distracted, but I'm trying to stay alive on these roads. I keep passing big trucks, and I'm only on a um, little two-lane highway right now. This is a fun drive from Endicott to Toronto, I have to say, because a bunch of it is on the highway, and then a fair chunk of it is on these gorgeous, windy, upstate New York little country highways that I really enjoy. What did I see earlier? I saw a, a stack of firewood with, again, a hand-painted sign that said $4 an armload. Guys, how adorable is that? $4 for what? How big of a stack of firewood? An armload. Whatever you can put in your arms. Four bucks. So cute. Oh, and then there's the town of Mount Morris, which I passed. I talked about earlier. And I was like, oh, Mount Morris is so cute. Like, what are they doing? There's a big state park near there. I think it's called Letchworth State, state Park. I've never ventured in. I've only done this drive a few times since I've started living in Toronto and visiting my dad in upstate New York. Oh, there's a tavern I always want to stop in as well. But I can't even have one drink. I can't even have one drink in one hour on the road. I am too much of a lightweight. Cannot drink and drive at all. Okay, these guys are turning. We've stopped. There's a tavern. This drive. What am I saying? Mount Morris. Okay, so it's by a state park, Letchworth, which I've never gone into, but I always wanted to go into. One of these days, I'm going to build in an extra two, three hours of my trip and uh, take a little hike around Letchworth State Park. So maybe they're doing well. Maybe Mount Morris is adorable and their streets are clean. Streets? There's one street. It's called Main Street, and it takes like less than a minute to drive down maybe maybe because there's tourism around that park I have no idea but then I also just realized like I don't know how long ago in the podcast at this point since I've rambled on about Ani DeFranco and racism but maybe 30 minutes ago have we even been that long I don't know I I was like oh and Mount Morris is pretty cute but <gasps> and then I realized why probably uh, what their whole industry is even though they're in the middle of nowhere there's a giant prison on the way. And it looks like, you know, it's not the scariest looking prison. It looks kind of like a uh, college campus behind barbed wire. But that's on the way into town. So that's probably what everybody there is profiting off of and living off of. That and cute little antique shops and the one gluten-free bakery where I picked up this gluten-free chocolate chip cookie and this coffee that's keeping me alive. Keeping me alive. I was falling asleep at the wheel and now I'm here and I'm chatting to you guys. You guys are keeping me alive too. Let's do this. I'm going to stop mentioning being alive because I feel like I'm jinxing it. Can you jinx being alive? Oh, I'm just feeling I, I, there's nothing for me to do but cross my fingers and my toes since I got this check engine light on and I'll tell you all about that. I am really talking a lot right now. Why don't I tell you all about that and then probably hang up the podcast because how much of one 
humans slowly losing their mind in a car. Can anybody listen to you guys? How are you guys? What's up in your worlds? I'm sorry I missed last week's podcast. I really am. I was very busy doing the uh, busy. I'm busy. I definitely had two nights of an album recording, which hopefully will chop up into an album. I have not listened back to anything that I did. That I did. There's a very judgmental way to talk about things. But I've just, I've just spent the last week kind of in horror going, oh, I left out that part of the joke. Or, oh, this part would have been better. Oh, I should have included that line. So, oof, I don't know. I'm a perfectionist. And also, I, I, I don't know if it was good. The nights themselves were great. Uh, the theater, Theater St. Catherine in Montreal, sold out two nights, which is great. 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. We had some really fun times. And the crowd was super supportive. There's a very judgmental way to talk about things. But I've just, I've just spent the last week kind of in horror going, oh, I left out that part of the joke, or oh, this part would have been better, oh, I should have included that line. So, oof, I don't know. I'm a perfectionist, and also I, I, I don't know if it was good. The nights themselves were great. Uh, the theater, Theater St. Catherine in Montreal, sold out two nights, which is great, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock. We had some really fun times, and the crowd was super supportive. But I just felt like, oh, I'm doing all my old stuff, and eight years ago this stuff was a lot more edgy, let's say, than it is now. Also, eight years ago, though, it, I couldn't have put it out. Uh, I didn't have the chops as a comedian. But also, the world wasn't ready, man. The world's ready now. Feminism is a, is a topic of conversation. So I don't know if, I, if I'm too far behind that, uh, if I waited too long, or if I waited the exact right amount of time. I don't know. I'm not ahead of it. I would have been ahead of it if I, if I released this stuff like three years ago, which was possible. I just... I'm too much of a perfectionist. But what was I going to say about that? So I didn't do a podcast then because I wasn't exactly busy, but what I was busy doing was stressing out about those album recordings. And I was talking so much because I was seeing all my old friends in Montreal. I was doing these gigs in, and also the, uh, the corporate gig that I told you about, a VMC, which nobody knows what that stands for. Video managing content, who knows? and talking so much, kind of like I am right now, but to actual other human beings. So, and my, and my throat was giving out, and I just couldn't do it. And then my girlfriend, who I know I mention all the time on the podcast, but why shouldn't I? You know, she's very lovely, and I love her. And I'm hoping that this is the one that sticks, you guys. Yeah? I am really hoping. Well, and I'm, I'm not just hoping. I told you earlier. Oh. Miles, exit right. Oh, I will exit right in .4 miles little GPS lady. I'll be happy to do that. She's going to uh, pipe up again, guys. She's going to pipe up again, and we're just all going to have to live with it, the noise of that. Did you hear her say that? Anyway, my girlfriend, I'm more than just hoping for the best. I'm actively working on addressing my issues, like being defensive, to make our lives together as lovely and as smooth sailing as possible. But where were we? Talking about, oh, I didn't put out a podcast last week. And exit right. Here we go. i got to exit right, you guys. Oh, this right comes out of nowhere, too. I won't even call this a 90 degree turn I'd call it like a I don't know what degree I would call it but it's almost like you bend back you're going right but you're almost going backwards okay here we are oh, we're, we're heading to Buffalo Buffalo we're heading to Ani DeFranco's old hometown you guys know Ani DeFranco right she's like a savior singer songwriter just the best feminist that ever lived uh, now we got to talk about uh, how we're all a little bit racist and 
that sucks. But hopefully as a society, we're moving closer and closer to getting over all that shit. And we're eventually just everybody going to blend together and we're going to be tall and we're going to be light brown. That's going to happen to all of us in like a few hundred years. This is what they project. I think that's great. And then, but in a few hundred years, most of the planet's resources will have been used up and devastated. So the few tall light brown one of us is that are left uh, can maybe 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 that's a great word why don't i say maybe more often is that what is that that's probably and maybe all jumbled together i am definitely trying to talk faster than i actually can what was i i'm, I'm thinking a lot faster than this little mouth will move which also brings us back to how no one understands me so i've been having this problem in canada thinking that, that it's my upstate New York accent, but then guess what? Come here to upstate New York, having the same problem. There's my dad, of course. What? I, uh, I said my dad, of course. What? Anyway, there's him, but that's, that's its own issue. But then I met up with my first ever girlfriend who I referenced earlier in this very conversation, lovingly. Can't help but think of her and smile. It was lovely. Guys, we're 17. Come on. Um, oh, we're 17, 18, 19, 20, and then that carried on for a few years, uh, just kind of in the background, humming, humming in the background, torturing us both. But it's it's good now. It's very good now. She's married. She's got a couple of kids. Anyway, so we met up for lunch, which we do. She is a, a wonderful person, guys. Where does she work? What does she do? She's some kind of money-hungry, I don't know what she would be, but she um, works at a, as a domestic violence counselor. So she... She's in it. She's in the trenches. She's making it happen. She's concretely making people's lives better all the time. We met up for lunch, and more than once, I hit a word, I hit a phrase, I hit something, and she was like, I'm sorry, what? What? Pardon me? She didn't know what I was saying. So, I don't know what it is. Does my voice hit a pitch that's too high that only dolphins can understand what's going on? Is that what's happening, you guys? Is that what's happening? I don't know what's happening. Maybe I just need to take more time, try to articulate more. I try to adapt to the phrases, the common phrases of whatever region I'm in. Um, and yeah, I will say tomato when I'm in Australia and I'm trying to order a tomato on something. Because why? At that point, why? Why hold on to the tomato when you know that that's not how they say it there, right? If I could fully do an accent, I would. But I just, I'm horrible at any accent that's not my own upstate New York accent. I can't do it. Sometimes I feel like that makes me a not sympathetic or empathic person. It disturbs me, I guess. Maybe I am too hard on myself. I am too hard on myself, you guys. Don't be as hard as yourselves. Don't be as hard on yourselves as I am on me, all right? Okay, kids? You take one lesson out of this podcast. Let it be lighten up, hey? Loosen up. Relax. You're good enough. There you go. Put that on a loop. On repeat. Oh, gotta turn the old wipers on again. Where were we going with this? Oh, I judge myself for not being able to do accents because I just feel like, I think it's a good quality of a human being to be able to listen to the people around you, take in that information, understand their cadence and their tone and the language that they use, and then spit that back out. I just, I feel like that only says good things about your sensitivity and your creativity. How you use that is another, is another thing. Are you mocking? Are you mocking your Indian parents? Various comics that I could name? Or, you know, what are you doing with that? But I think it's a great skill to have, to be able to do accents. And I wish I could. I can only do this one. And this one seems to not translate well to everywhere that I'm traveling lately, even my own hometown.
Okay. Let's talk about this check engine light. I think I've caught up to all the various threads of conversation that I opened while I was rambling. I cannot believe that I'm still talking. This is a long podcast, and for what? What are you gaining? Hi, everyone. I hope you're gaining companionship. I hope you're gaining a sense of amusement, entertainment, or just, you know, just something, something in your ears while you're trying to fall asleep. How do you listen to podcasts? I listen to podcasts while I'm driving. Only one earplug in, though, and the one on the, like, on the inside of the car, right? So if anybody drives by, cops or whatnot. I mean, I think we're allowed to use head-free, I mean, hands-free sets, right? Head-free sets. <laughs> I also take my head off. I only listen with one thing, one ear, bud, so that I can keep another ear on the road. That's good, right? Because it's very good. Because you can tell how distracted I am already. I really not should not be talking to you right now while I'm driving in what is increasingly becoming a straight-up blizzard. Remember before when I was like, it's so lovely, it's so majestic. And I'm like, oh, there's wibbly-wobbly lines in front of me. We're doing all right. The speed limit's 65. Uh, I'm cruising at a little a gentle 53. Normally, I... I'm an above the speed limit kind of lady. I got a lead foot. I got a lead foot, and I've gotten a lot of speeding tickets in my life. But right now, pretty sure my car isn't registered officially anywhere. I mean, it was at some point, but that has lapsed. And uh, I think I'm probably receiving a lot of official mail in Montreal, my old home and my old address. And no one's collecting it for me, and I am not going back to get it. And I should figure this all out. I got I to gotta give, gotta give Quebec a call and register the car. That's happening. That needs to happen. That is a way in which I am not being a responsible adult. And that's when I get ashamed about my age, you guys. Ashamed is a strong word, but it's fair. I'm trying to catch the ashamed moments more and more. That's like my job in therapy right now. Catch them. Catch them. So there's one. I probably don't need to feel ashamed. But it just definitely makes me feel like, I don't have a handle on your life, you 39-year-old. Register your goddamn car. But which is just to say, I'm not trying to get pulled over, so I'm going under the speed limit. Right now it's a blizzard under the speed limit road's a bit slick, a bit slippery, and I had an experience not too many months ago where I was cruising along, hit a wet patch of road, and quickly came upon, it was, it was actually on this drive, so I was on the highway, and then it was like one of these things where it's the highway you pull off, and then kind of out of nowhere there's a stop sign, and you're at a, an intersection with a country highway, country road, country highway, can I say that? Is that a phrase that we've all accepted? Oh, these guys are hitting their brakes. Anyway, so I, oh, because that guy's pulled over. Okay. Guys, listen, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Check engine light is, keep me company. Okay, that guy's definitely in a ditch, fully facing the wrong way. Definitely just past that. So that's odd. Let me tell you what just happened. There was a guy pulled over on the right side of the road on the shoulder. He had his blinkers on. So the people in front of me were braking and were kind of like, yikes, let's watch out for this guy. Then he pulled back onto the highway, but left in his wake uh, another car with its lights on facing the opposite direction and down a ditch. So you almost couldn't really see it until you passed it. So I don't know what happened there. Was that guy checking in on the car that was backwards and in the ditch and then was like, oh, you're good? Okay, bye. I, I just find it very strange that this other guy left and now nobody's helping out that guy in the ditch. And I can't stop because I got this check engine light and a whole story behind that. So I got to cruise on and just hope that we get to Toronto. Oof, here's hoping for the best. All right, everybody's going real slow now. Which was just to say, <laughs> how many conversations can I start with you guys? I, uh, yeah, a while ago, 
whatever. Why do I have to give you every detail about everything? What's wrong with me? I'm just trying to talk to fill up the podcast, but we've clearly already done that. Basically, I got in this situation a while ago where I slammed on my brakes, the road was a bit wet, and they didn't fully engage, and it was goddamn scary. So I'm hitting the brake as hard as I can and just coasting into this intersection with this country highway where cars have, you know, they're going 60 miles an hour, zip, zip, and it's happening in both directions. And it was freaking scary, you guys. And my car did manage to screech to a halt right before I poked too far into that intersection. But it was scary as hell. So now I'm trying to be more cautious because I'm not the most cautious person. I gotta wrap up this. I gotta wrap up this story because I'm I'm soon to be in Buffalo, which will be great, and soon to be at the border. Well, that's why this is happening because Canada. Hey, Canada, I'm heading home to you, and you're a snowy wonderland. It's cute now because I haven't seen snow yet this season, and for it to be this far into December and me to not have seen snow is an anomaly. Maybe increasingly less of an anomaly as we enter this new horrific age of global warming climate change call it what you will but the world is is changing around us apparently it's an el nino year it's meant to be milder but still none of this is okay so anyway it's exciting that i'm seeing the first snowfall of the year on one hand what's not exciting is how slow the traffic is going what a what a whiteout it is right now can't you can't you can't even read the uh, highway signs until you get real close to them probably about 20 20 meters away what do i know about meters what's too many meters 10 meters away It'll get real close. It's a whiteout, and, and, and traffic is crawling. We're going about, I'm going about 20 miles an hour right now. I still got two hours ahead of me on this drive, so that two hours could take four, could take, who knows how long it's going to take. We'll find out together. Wasn't supposed to snow today, according to the maps. I'll have to call my dad soon and tell him that I'm on the road. Should I tell him that I've already made it? Because that's what he wants to hear, and I am quite delayed after this whole check engine light thing and all of it. But I probably shouldn't lie to him about that because then if I have to call back later and be like I'm stranded I wouldn't have to though I could continue to lie about that what does he know about my life I could just work it out and then be like I made it home anyway there's no way that I'm too far too far now no one can save me guys um excuse me what were we talking about going slow on the highway oh the check engine light so that came on in my drive from Toronto to Montreal and it dinged on. I got a little concerned about it for a few days and was going to get it checked out. And then it dinged off and the car wasn't driving any differently. It wasn't feeling any differently. Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. So I let it go. Drove to my dad's. Another like six hour drive. Fine. Cool. Wasn't on. Anyway, wasn't on. Everything was fine. Cruising around town. I was like, oh, that must have just been, I don't know, a loose wire. Got a new battery in recently. So maybe that knocked something. What do I know about cars, right? Then I get about an hour out of my town today, and I already stayed a day extra at my dad's house, which was, listen, we're not even talking about that right now, but it was a challenge. It was a challenge. And multiple people have called me a saint for staying at that house, and I'm going to go ahead and take that. Um, anyway, just so you know that. Wasn't easy. Wasn't easy isn't easy. But I stayed an extra day to keep him company, and so I was leaving today and really eager to get back to Toronto, cruising along about an hour outside of my hometown. I hit Elmira, New York. And I had been thinking, of course, because this is always the way. I was like, man, I love my car. I love driving. This is such a great day. It's such a great day to drive back to Toronto. And I, I really do love driving, you guys. It's weird. I feel like it's not okay um, knowing what we know about fossil fuels and their consumption 
And I, I don't uh, take random trips. When I was in high school, I did. That was still okay. We didn't have any of those conversations then. Back in high school, you just take out your mom's car, go cruising around country roads for hours. Didn't matter. Gas was like less than a dollar. That was a real thing that was happening then, guys. That's for you North American listeners. I have no idea really, or, or, or American American listeners. I, I don't know what gas costs, where you're from. I can't even say what it costs in Canada. I don't remember. You just pay it, right? I never pay too much attention to what it costs. You just pay what it is, and you live your life, right? Anyway, I don't feel great about driving, and I, and I avoid it mostly. I just take, it, take the car on trips when I need to. I, I just really want you guys to know that I bike, I ride the bus, I do all that stuff, okay? I'm not into the, the random consumption of fossil fuels. Although I do tend to fly halfway around the world, usually once a year. Not doing it this year, though. Sorry, Australia. Should we talk about that? We'll talk about that later, but Australia, I'm not coming to you in 2016, at least the early part of it. And I'm really sorry about that, and I'm sorry to break the news to you like this so callously and casually. Can you guys hear the, the snow's making an audible sound on my car now? It's, it's heavy and hailish. And uh, this will be interesting. We're going real slow. Things are going to take a while. It's going to take me a while to get home. But hopefully the car will hold up. So I get, a, I get to Elmira about an hour outside of my hometown. And thank God, I'm like, I'm right by the exit for Elmira, maybe two miles away or something. So that was okay. Because Elmira is a fairly reasonably sized town as far as towns go on my, on my journey between Endicott and Toronto. Some stuff there, you know, there's some places that are barely towns. Mount Morris, for example. Like, it's cute, but I have no idea if they even have a mechanic. Um, so the check engine light goes on, boo, but not only does it go on, it goes on and at the same time the car goes, uh, and like I feel a change in the way it's driving and then it starts kind of like jumping, like it's going like, doo, 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 and it's very uncomfortable inside the car and very uncomfortable inside my mind because I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. The car won't go, it's like not going at the same speed that it was before, so that feels a little bit dangerous. I'm on a highway, there's other people around me, I don't want to endanger anybody, I don't know what the hell's going on. So I flip on the hazards, notice the where the exits are and just pray that I can get off the highway and find a mechanic. So I'll go find a mechanic. How much of this story do I want to tell you? Is this getting boring? I'm boring myself as I'm saying it now. Anyway, meet this first guy, Frank. He's all right, but he doesn't have time to help me out. He sends me over to this other guy, Jeff. Uh, Jeff is real cool, but Jeff hooks the, also doesn't really have time to help me today and is trying to be like, just get back on the road. But I, but I don't want to because I, because I don't want my car to conk out along the way. It's five more hours that I have to drive, and I don't want to endanger anybody else. But so he plugs the car in. It's something about the camshaft position sensor, if that means anything to any of you. And he plugs it in. We diagnose that that's the problem. They poke around a bit. They don't really do anything. They plug it back in, and now it's not happening, and now it's running like a dream, according to all the guys in the garage, which by the way, there were so many guys in the garage and only two of them seemed to be working. There were fully seven guys in there, I counted. Two of them seemed to be working and kind of know what the deal was in that garage. And the other of them were just standing around or sitting on this really filthy couch. They had a couch in there, like a couch, like a plush couch that you would have in a living room, except it was in the middle of this garage and there's smoking and it looks all oil stained. It's ugh, they had this coffee. I kind of wanted some of that coffee though because it looked real bad, like just, mm, just mechanic filtered coffee. I wanted some. They didn't offer me any. There were fully seven guys there. One of one of them had an eye patch. Loved it. Loved it. Loved everything that was going on in there. But then the cars run like a dream, according to all those guys, and they're looking at me like I'm some kind of a, you know, some kind of a lady here with my lady problems. Scared of nothing. So they sent me out on a drive. I went out on the drive 
the check engine light didn't come back on. Everything was running smoothly. I came back, and that guy was like, I don't know. I would chance it. I would go home. And I was like, okay, but what if, like, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen, apparently, is that my car would stall on the highway on the way home. And, but if it stalled, it wouldn't just, like, stop in the middle of the highway. It would stall. I could probably safely pull over and then figure it out from there. I just really didn't want to endanger anybody else. I guess also myself, but that wasn't my main concern. My main concern was getting in an accident with somebody else, right? So I decided to chance it because um, I, I was only an hour out of my hometown and I was kind of in this weird place where it was like, oh, God, like if I have to leave the car and a mechanic over the weekend, if I, oh, God, if I have to do anything, it makes sense. Ugh, just you can tell how much I wouldn't want this to happen. For my dad to come get me and then me to be stranded at his house without a car oh my god you guys would be the worst and i say without a car because there are two working cars there one of which is my mom's she's dead one of which is my dad's and um i'm not allowed to drive either one of them i'm not a bad driver they just don't understand that you can actually put other people on your insurance and that's always been the thing it's been like well you're not on our insurance it's like okay anyway anyway i have friends on my insurance jess and amon are on my insurance right now because sometimes they borrow my car yeah, you can put people on your insurance. It's not even a thing. Anyway, it's weirdly, when I added Jess and Amon to my insurance, my insurance went down at like a dollar every month, which is, thanks, guys. I don't know why that happened, but I'll keep you on there forever. Take this old guy out for a, for a ride whenever you want. A little joy ride. Spin. A spin. Amon nicknamed my car Carmen Electra because it's kind of an ele electric blue situation. Um, I feel like my car's a dude. I feel like my car's like Brent or something. Um, it's a, it's a 2005. Anyway. Okay. We're still talking? We're still talking. So Jeff and the boys took, sent me out on a ride, took a ride, came back. There was no problems. It was driving like a dream. Nothing happened. And he said, chance it. Frank, the first guy I went to, also said, eh, me, me, me. He kept pointing at his chest. Okay, okay, I will. I will keep right in 0.4 miles. Can I wrap this up in 0.4 miles? Anyway, Jeff or uh, Frank kept pointing at his chest and going, me, if it were me, if it were me, if it were my car, I'd probably just go. I'd probably just go. I would just go. And I was like, okay, 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 guys, I'll try. And then the check engine light was off. Everything was cool. Oh, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing. Keep right here. Um, she's probably going to say that one more time, you guys. She really likes to hammer it home with the old keep right and the turn here and the do this and the however many more miles, this lady on the old GPS. Yes, I have an external GPS thing. Is that old-fashioned? Is that... How crazy is life that that could be old-fashioned, this computer telling me where to go? But my dad gave this to me last year for Christmas. He didn't even really mean to give it to me. He meant to give it to himself, and then for some reason it didn't work for him, so he gave it to me. But it's been a godsend, so I don't have to use my data, my Canadian cellular data when I'm traveling in the U.S. Just, uh, you know, tell this, this lady tells me where to go. Don't have to worry about the old iPhone. Canadian cell phone plans. Guys, they're killing me. They're gouging me. We can talk more about that later. We won't. We won't talk more about anything. Don't worry. I feel like at this point it's a hostage situation. Are you still Drive with me? 1.1 miles, then exit right. Okay, exit right and 1.1 miles. Oh, yeah, totally. Niagara Falls. I'm, I'm at it. I'm, I'm at Niagara Falls. The roads look very slick, but uh, visibility is, is clearing up in case you want to keep track, everybody. Don't worry. If I've uploaded this podcast, I'm alive because there's, there's another step that needs to happen. I kind of keep forgetting that this isn't just live and you're not just keeping up with my adventures as they're happening. 
anyway, guys, so I, I'm getting ready to get back on the highway, leaving Elmira, feeling like, okay, two mechanic guys told me to chance it, I can chance it, and at the very least, I can get farther and farther away from my hometown, so that if I get if I get stranded, which would, what would eventually make more sense is for someone from Toronto to come get me, and not for me to turn back around and go to Indigo, New York, which isn't a horrible place, I've just been there for too long right now, you guys, and, I, and I'll be back in the next few months, but I just couldn't handle it couldn't handle it today to go back there. So I'm chancing it. So I'm almost at Buffalo, so this is great. Almost at Niagara Falls. Whew. So right when I'm getting back on the highway, bing, engine light. And not just the engine light, but also the like, chonk, chonk, chonk. And then I'm on the ramp. Exit right. Exit right. Exit right. Okay, well, exit 53. We're doing this. Oh, Canada. Exit 53. Guys, we're so close to home. Oh, Canada is my home. I don't know if I've ever felt that so much as I just did right now. Oh, that's great. That's great, you guys. I have felt without a home for a really long time. I, I mean, I've, I've brought it upon myself, but still. Here we go. We're exiting. Oh my gosh, guys. We're almost there. I'm just trying to finish up this one part. Anyway, cha-chonk, cha-chonk, getting off. And, my, and I'm on the ramp now, trying to merge onto the highway, and my car won't go over 40 miles an hour, which is really slow and unsafe to be trying to merge onto a highway where everyone's going like 75. Whew. Anyway, that part was scary. So I got on the highway, pulled over, which was also scary because there wasn't much of a shoulder there, and cars are just whizzing past me really close, you know. <laughs> but I turned off the car, waited a second, turned it back on. No more to chonk to chonk. We still definitely do have the check engine light on. But we are nearing Toronto with every passing mile slash kilometer now that we're getting closer to Canada. So it's great. So it's great. We're almost there. I think I'm going to make it. I think I can uh, get, the, get an old, uh, what's it called? Yeah, I already forgot what it's called. Crankshaft position sensor? No, <laughs> camshaft. There we go. I can get a something. Some, some kind of a shaft, guys. Okay, Peace Bridge in 6.2 miles. Oh, man. Friends. We're doing it! And I might even avoid traffic. It all seems to be heavy in the other direction. Oh, this is great. This is great! Let me get my story straight for the border. Hi! I got. I don't need a story. We're good. You got any, uh, what are you, carrying any alcohol? Nope. Tobacco? Nope. Some goods? Some, some material goods? Did you pick up some material goods while you're in the United States of America? To which I will respond, yes I did, officer. It's Christmas time and I picked up some gifts. Not too many, not more than I'm allowed, don't worry. I don't know if I'll sing it. Got any fruit? Nope. Uh, cruise on in. Cruising on in to my country. Cruising on in. Okay. So we're, it's happening. I don't know where, I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know what I was going to tell you. I don't know where the conclusion was. You guys are real goddamn champs. If you listen to this entire podcast, oh man. Guys, if you have, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you shoot me an email at Deanne at no more radio. Dot com. What should our secret word be? If you've listened this far, I feel like our secret word should be shaft because I just said that and it's like a little bit dirty and it will make us giggle. Shaft. That's all you need to write. Don't go too far out of your way. Deanne at nomoradio.com. Put shaft in the subject line if you want and nothing in the body of the email. Do what you will, but it would be fun for me to know uh, if you listen to the very end of this. <laughs> and I'll write you back. What will I send you? I don't... Oh! Oh, you know what I'll send you? I mean, this, this information is readily available on the internet, um, but like on my Instagram, if you follow me there, Deanne underscore Smith, and on my Facebook, which you probably don't follow me at, because unless, unless you're an old time, let's call him a fan, in quotation marks, because I used to have a Facebook under my real name, and I don't anymore. I have it under a 
slight pseudonym that looks like a real name, but it's not a real name. It looks enough like a real name that people don't get it, and they tend to put now that name on posters and stuff, like featuring this comic. I'm like, it's not my name, you guys. Why don't you know this? Why don't you know? I'm just trying to hide from my fans, man. But now if you type Deanne Smith in, hopefully you go to my fan page first, which, if I care so much about people going to my fan page, why don't I update it more? Why don't I put jokes on there? Why don't I? Ah! Anyway, because Facebook, because everything, you guys, and because I'm bad at self-promotion, and who wants to take over my career? Anyone? Anyone? Get on top of it, guys. I'm very good at comedy. I am not good at the rest of it. I'm not horrible at the rest of it. I just don't like it. I don't like real work. Why do you think I'm a comedian? That's why. Okay. But what was I saying? I was saying something. Oh, if you email me at Deanne at nomoradio.com and you, and you just say shaft, <laughs> I'll send you back a picture of me with that hedgehog I was talking about, Hawthorne. He's wearing a Santa hat. And I forgot to tell you more about that story. The point was that Keith forced me to go over to his neighbor's house and meet the hedgehog, and it was so worth it. It was, it was so worth it on every level. The neighbor was called Frances. She was adorable. She had her roommate there, Anthony, also adorable. They had a whole wall of their living room slash kitchen painted in something I didn't even know existed, which is like marker board paint, what do they call dry erase paint. It's like a chalk wall, but not chalk. It was just a white wall that they were drawing all over. So cool, and the markers came off so easily. And I think they were planning some sort of an exam, or I don't know what they were doing. It was notational and hard to understand. But it also kind of looked like um, Claire Danes's, I don't know her character's name, I, I forgot because I haven't seen Homeland in a while. And Homeland has its own issues, you guys. It, 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 Homeland has its own issues. Listen, we don't have time to go into all the ways that I'm trying to notice when things are racist or when I am racist. But Claire Danes, uh, the, the Homeland, anyway, you know, what I, you know what I'm trying to say, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're trying to solve crimes, you get a wall in your house and you put up articles and clippings and you draw arrows and you circle things and you write notes and that's how much fun you could have in your house with a dry erase wall. I'm gonna, I gotta get one, I gotta get one. I gotta get one for joke notes, for, for sitcom continuity. My friend Jess and I are writing a sitcom. We're doing it. So you can look forward to that in, I don't know, seven to 10 years or whatever that, whenever that's gonna get made and happen. Hopefully faster than that. It's, oh man, it's a great idea. I'm not gonna spoil it by telling you guys, but that's what, that is our plan over the holiday season. So that's, I'll, I'll send you that. I will send you a picture of me and Hawthorne the Hedgehog. You guys have been real champs. Thank you for listening. I don't know why you do, but I'm glad you do. Glad we're friends. I hope I've kept you company. What else? Should I just say all the goodbye things now or say none of the goodbye things? I'm so, I'm so tired of talking. Let's do it. I don't know if I'll chuck music on the end of this. I don't know if we learned a thing. We learned a few things. Let's count our learning thing as we learned something about Anna DeFranco. <laughs> okay? Um, okay, downtown next three exits. I gotta go before I bore you guys to death by just reading the signs that I'm seeing. And in like two and a half miles, I'm gonna be at the border. Peace Bridge. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, I didn't finish telling you about peace. I didn't finish telling you about guns and my dad and how we got into it. So anyway, my dad, Sam Bernardino. Yes, they had a good shooter had a gun. And I was like, well, and I couldn't help but say something. I was like, well, you know that that's not what I believe at all. And I think the real answer to all this gun violence is gun control. And I, I threw out a couple of countries and a couple of stats, uh, ways in which it has been proven to work, gun control. And then we drove by a dentist office that had literally 50 pink flamingos in, in the lawn and a sign outside that said, you know, like, happy 50th birthday, birthday dentist, whatever. 
And then uh, I was pretty proud of myself, guys, because I stopped what could have been a confrontation. It hadn't gotten heated, it hadn't gotten anything, but I stopped something that could have happened between me and my old Vietnam vet of a dad with, uh, which by the way, thank you for your service. I'm not even sarcastic about that, that's a big deal. And that guy's fucked up, and many of them are fucked up, and so many soldiers. PTSD is a real thing. The US government is sending people out and not taking care of them when they come back. War sucks on every level. Anyway, I'm just very excited that I'm going to the Peace Bridge and I'm crossing back into Canada, which is not without its own problems, but right now, whatever. Guys, listen, we don't have time to get into all of it. I'm trying to say goodbye. Okay, what was I saying? So we passed all these flamingos and then I said to my dad, see, if that dentist had a gun, he could have shot whoever was trying to put up those flamingos and that never would have happened. And then my dad chuckled and then I chuckled and then we went to Subway and uh, the woman serving us had a birthmark on her face, which was very clearly a birthmark, and I spotted that immediately. My dad, of course, did not, and then did one of these. Hey, uh, well, what happened to your face there? It looks like you And she's like, uh, yeah, it was, uh, this is a birthmark. And then he was like, oh, I thought somebody punched you. And anyway, didn't back down. He didn't back down one bit from that, from commenting on her face or for, uh, anyway, whatever. And I tried to sweep in. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a lady. I am a middle-aged lady. Do I have to say that? I do. Oh, God. Sometimes I eat tuna out of a can. Does that make me a middle-aged lady? Why? Anyway, I guess my next goal in life is to embrace being some kind of a middle-aged lady. Oh, just the phrase itself. It's so difficult, you guys. And that is a sector of society that is particularly disparaged. So I, I can't buy into that, right? Can't buy into all that anti-feminist bullshit, anti-woman bullshit. I gotta... I gotta create a new way, forge a new path, and embrace the reality of my age and my gender. Um, I don't, whatever, we don't have to, what, see? It's like everything I say to you guys, I'm worried about saying the wrong thing. Nobody needs to embrace their gender. Embrace your real gender, your gender identity, whatever you wanna do. Okay, anyway, whatever. Apparently I'm a middle-aged lady, almost. I'm not quite middle-aged. I do, you guys know that I do think the formula for middle-aged is if you can double your age and then die and nobody would be super upset, then you're probably middle-aged. You know what I mean? If I double my age right now, I die when I'm, what, 78? No one's crying. No one's crying tears of, oh, God, we lost her too soon. You know what I mean? Except maybe my girlfriend if we're still together then, and I hope we are. But just saying that I think that qualifies as middle age. Hopefully I'm going to live to be over. Hopefully I'm going to live to trip ditch, and I think I will. Because both my grandmas, uh, my first grandma lived to her mid-90s. She was born in 1909. How did she even make that happen? And plus she was nuts. And my other grandma, as you know, you may or may not know, she's kicking. She's 90. She's kicking. I told you we were going to have her on the podcast, and we were. Um, and then the day we were going to podcast, she fell down and hit her face. And we went to the emergency room, and it wasn't, uh, wasn't a good scene for me. I was really upset, and she wasn't, though. She's 90. She's lived through some shit, you know? She's like, well, this isn't a world war. I think I'm fine. But I insisted that we go to the emergency room. Anyway, guys, she's all fine. She's, she's turned out okay. So don't worry about her, but just to say, I wasn't going to, when we got home that evening, ask her to podcast with me, because she looked, whoo, you ever see old people with bruises? It's the worst, but it wasn't just a bruise, it was like, oh my god, she fell on her whole entire face, and it looked horrible. The whole side of her face was so black and blue and swollen, and oh, that is a sad sight on a 90-year-old. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm trying to say goodbye. But, okay, so my dad, this woman, and the, her birthmark, she did look like maybe someone punched her in the eye, but she obviously not. She just had a wine stain around her eye, you know? Anyway, I'm not embarrassed by my dad because I'm not a teenager, but I did feel the need socially to kind of give her a little more power or something. I just, I find it annoying that she's working at Subway and this dude can cruise in, hey, what happened to your face? And that, that probably happens to her 
you know, it, maybe daily. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, she said, like, oh, yeah, sometimes people think I got punched in the face or whatever. And I said, well, you know, the next person that asks you what's wrong with your face, you should probably punch them in the face, I say. Little comedian. Dad didn't mind. I, I mean, I was, I was backhandedly. Oh, hang on. Exit right. I will exit right in 0.5 miles. I was backhandedly suggesting that she punch my dad in the face. So maybe that was a bit passive-aggressive or aggressive-aggressive on my side. Anyway, I was trying to give her a bit of social power. And she giggled in what I believe was a genuine way. And we made eyes over the subway counter. It was kind of like, ugh, old guys, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Okay. Uh, guys, I think we've done it. We're calling this a podcast. Did you enjoy it? Email me with Shaft. Email me if you liked it or if you didn't. But if you didn't, you probably aren't still listening. So, But if you listened this far and you didn't like it, who are you? I definitely want to know you. So let me know why you punish yourself. Thank you guys for listening. I'm Deanne Smith. Uh, you know, find me. Got a show coming up, but I don't know when when I'm going to put this one out. Hopefully this weekend, but I haven't seen my girlfriend in a week and might just end up end up sucked into that world, you know? I said that like as, it's in, as if it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but you know just how it is when you're just too in love and you just, you just do that. You just stare into each other's eyes for an entire weekend. That's what Excellent we could do. Right. And by staring into each other's eyes, yes, guys, that'd be, that is a euphemism for do it. We're going to do it do it all weekend <laughs> i really gotta go what am i doing i'm melting down i tend to do this i did it at my album recordings i melted down fully in the last five minutes of the thing it was uncomfortable for me but i think hilarious to watch like as if like watching someone set themselves on fire okay immolation is a thing we've learned that you guys are the greatest i'm really just trying to go and i'm about to hit the border point two miles then keep right i will this gps lady won't stop yapping at me uh, so I gotta go guys thank you for listening thank you Paula Flalo for making this happen by hosting the entire podcast network and teaching me how to podcast in the first place you're awesome thanks Mike Carota for making the intro outro music thank you Patrick World for making our learn a thing music which we didn't hear this episode but we've heard in many episodes and we'll hear again thank you Charlie Sneaker for making the adorable little cartoon of me that goes with this podcast questionable at best this episode I believe was truly questionable and I am cruising up on the border right now guys it has stopped snowing and man things are looking good things are looking good for me hit Toronto before say 7pm oh, psyched and then at 9.30 the GF and I gotta stop talking about her do I don't I does it annoy you guys is it good is it bad what's going on we're going to a, a home alone quarter at 9.30 at a hot dog cinema it's gonna be the greatest I don't even love home alone in fact I think it's too violent and I know it's cartoonishly violent but I still don't like violence on screens ever and it makes me feel things in my body and I don't like it and it's okay that I don't like it I think it's okay that I'm wired to see humans in distress and or being hurt and have a reaction to that I think that's an evolutionary advantage um but that said my girlfriend loves this movie and we're gonna go we're gonna go to the home alone quote-a-thon getting a bit of the holiday spirit I am following a sign right now that has an arrow and it just says Canada and that feels great. Canada this way. Let's do it. Oh, I gotta pay a toll. Pay a toll for the peace bridge. Guys, the price of peace is never too high to pay. <laughs> Let's leave you guys there. Happy holidays, but I'll see you again next week. Bye.
Yeah, <laughs> 